Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today, as I was the last time I hosted a show, by Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Brown, both of Fantasy Pros fame. Fitz, Debro, excited to be podcasting with you guys yet again. Today, we are talking about some undervalued players in fantasy this season. You guys heard Joe and Erickson and Alex Caruso last week. They talked about some of the overvalued players Here's the flip side of that. We're going to run through 12 guys. We're going to hit every position, and we're going to do it in a crisp half an hour. Guys, are you excited and ready to talk a little football today? Oh, always. I mean, we're talking candy pre-show and stuff like that. Pat's talking about his famous Werther's originals, which sadly Worm has not had. But, you know, now the cat's out of the bag. I, I have not. And if you pulled our audience of which of the three of us was most likely to have Werther's originals uh, in their house, I think it would definitely be Pat among Dude, the three. Uh, yes, I, I am an old <laughs> so man. But it, let's let's clarify. Wow. I was talking about how my grandma used to always have those in a candy dish on the coffee table. So I think I'm not the only person who had a grandma who always had hard candy on a dish on the coffee table. So no, that's like, if you were drafting like things that everybody's grandma, like applies to them, that is like <laughs> definitely a first round draft pick. No doubt about it. Uh, Devro is at Devro underscore FFB on Twitter. Pat is at Fitz underscore FF. I am at Ryan warmly guys. Let's jump right into it. Let's start with the quarterbacks here and Debra, I'll start with you. Why do people hate Geno Smith? I don't understand it, guys. Like, Chef Geno just balled out last year. He was top 10 in basically everything we care about. QB 8 in fantasy points per game. But right now, he is being massively disrespected. He's QB 14 in ECR. I have him as QB 10 in my ranks. And I just, I don't, I don't really get it, guys. Like, is this just we don't believe what we saw Geno do? Is this, okay, we're going to believe, okay, maybe there was a little bit of fall off last year towards the end of the season, because he still was top in like so many different metrics, fifth in big time throw rate and adjusted completion rate, and they added weapons to this offense. I don't think that this offense all of a sudden becomes like run heavy and top five and rushing attempts. They were 22nd in rushing attempts last year. So could somebody please explain to me why does consensus hate Chef Gino? 
Yeah, Gito Smith is, I'm looking at our expert rankings between the two of you, plus Erickson and Joe, and he's currently QB 12 in those rankings. D-Roy, uh, you're actually not the highest. Joe's the highest at 10. Fitz, you are the lowest down at QB 15. Why are you not quite so high on Gino? You know, it's not that I dislike Gino. It's that, you know, after it took so long for him to actually pop, you know, like I'm I'm just inclined to fade the guy coming off the career year, I think. Like that's kind of an easy automatic play. But I agree with Debro. Like he's too like a little bit too low on ECR. Considering where he finished last year, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have the confidence to put him in QB one range, but I do think he's like a high end QB two. You know, if you've got kind of a shaky QB one, Gino's a solid backup. Um, you know, and I like I don't see any reason why he would have a significant drop off this year but the fact that you know it was basically his first good year after being in the league for almost 10 years um i I don't know i guess maybe that's why there's a little bit of skepticism still i I think some of it to me guy go ahead go ahead I was just going to say, I think some of it, too, is the fact that Gino is, I mean, like I said, he's QB 12 right now in our staff rankings. Some of the guys going after him, Tua is QB 13, Anthony Richardson is QB 15, Aaron Rodgers QB 18. These are guys who, at the very least, we think have a higher ceiling than Gino probably does, right? Just given the offense he plays in, Debra? No, I mean, I think that he's got just as high of a ceiling and the skill players around him. And as much as I'm talking about like consensus and ECR throwing shade, if we look at the ADP and the the Fantasy Pros FFPC championship, he's getting even more disrespect. He's QB 16. Like, are we expecting he loses a leg, retires? I, I I don't I don't get this, guys. I really don't get it. Yeah, just quickly before I move on, you, you talked about him kind of falling off in the back half of last season. He only finished as a top 10 quarterback three times after week five last year. His last month of the season was QB 15, QB 18, QB 11, QB 12. But in weeks 13 and 14, he was QB three and QB seven. So there is still some you know high upside for spike weeks there. Uh, Pat, let's get to your quarterback. So Debro is going to hate that I have this guy slightly ahead of Geno Smith, but I've got Jared Goff QB 14, whereas ECR has him at QB 16. And I mean, Goff was the QB 10 in fantasy scoring last year. He was fifth in QBR, sixth in yards per attempt, seventh in passer rating. Um, And Goff was only sacked 23 times last year. That's half the number of sacks that Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins took. And to me, that kind of reflects a quarterback who's in command of his offense, knows where he's going with the ball, gets rid of it quickly. Um, and boy, I, like I like the setup for Goff this year. Good offensive line ahead of him. And he's got some added weaponry. You know, the the Lions are obviously hoping Jameer Gibbs is an upgrade over DeAndre Swift. They added Sam Laporta to give them a really credible pass-catching tight end. And after uh, Jamison Williams serves his six-game gambling suspension, Goff's going to have him around as a, a big vertical threat. So uh, the Lions have an easy schedule this year. And the one thing the Lions really didn't do in the draft this year that I was kind of surprised by is address uh, some of their issues with uh, pass defense. Like they didn't really get after the passer that well other than Aiden Hutchinson last year. They didn't really add much uh, in the secondary. Well, Brian Branch, but like they didn't get the shutdown corner they were looking for. Um, So I don't know. I think things set up for another good Jared Goff season. I think people are just, you know, remembering the Jared Goff as a pariah with the Rams, the Rams. And, um, you know, I, I think he's still carrying some of the weight of the failures 
uh, there. And people aren't acknowledging that this guy's got kind of a new setup now. Smart young offensive coordinator and Ben Johnson. Like, I, I just think this is a really nice setup for Goff to have a repeat of a good 2022 season. Yeah, I was I was gonna mention Ben Johnson, a guy that I think some people thought might you know have this meteoric rise and and move on to bigger and better things in this offseason. He did stick around. That's really good for Goff and Debro. You're the lowest amongst the fantasy pros experts on Goff. You have him down at 18. But sort of the flip of Gino, Goff's finish last season was really excellent. By the way, you guys can get this information if you go to Game Log under any player on Fantasy Pros website. You can see their weekly finish. Uh, you know at the position. I, I think it's a really valuable tool from week 13 on. Goff finished fourth, fourth, 17th, second, and seventh in the fantasy championship. So he was very, very good in that fantasy playoff stretch, D bro. Yeah, I do need to come up on golf. Um, as it, as Pat was laying out the case, I bumped him up to QB 16. Where's ECR at right now on him, Worm? 16. Uh, yep. 16. I, and, and to be honest, Pat, like with the case you've laid out and stuff, I, I should be I should bump him up a little bit higher because I do want to be above consensus on golf. I, the, the hard thing that I have with Jared Goff is he is in a tier with a lot of guys that I could see having bounce back seasons being low end QB ones like I've got him in the same tier as Tua, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Dak, like all these guys like I think are in this bucket that could finish QB nine to QB 12. And so it's not so much that I hate golf. I just, I like the outlook for Russell Wilson and Tua and I can only bump Deshaun Watson down so far, even though I'm not high on him. I, I will point out just in talking about tiers in ECR, he is the very last quarterback in tier three. It's a very big tier three. It's from uh, quarterback mm -hmm. nine down to 16 is all one tier. Oh, that's a big one. Goff is the last uh, among that group. Uh, before moving on to the other positions, I want to take a quick second to talk about DraftKings. One of the worst feelings in fantasy football is when the player you benched at the last second just went off. But with Best Ball and DraftKings, you get the best of your team all season long. This year, Best Ball and DraftKings is bigger and better than ever with $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes up for grabs. Join DraftKings' biggest Best Ball contest today and get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars as soon as the draft is finished. Enter DraftKings Best Ball Millionaire Contest and snake draft your team for the entire season. Each week, you'll automatically rack up points from all of your top scorers. No ads, drops, or trades. Teams with the most points by the end of the season will have a shot to take home the $1 million top prize. Head to the DraftKings app and sign up with code FANTASYPROS. Join the DraftKings $10 million Best Ball Tournament and get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars. That's code FANTASYPROS only on DraftKings. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- gambler one per customer opt-in required with ten dollar entry fee bonus issued as 10 DraftKings dollars age and eligibility restrictions apply void where prohibited see draftkings.com slash promotions for details and it ends july 14th 2023 let's get to the running backs guys and debro we'll start with you again I, I had to hop in the names. I had to get here before Mr. Fitzmorris because I was afraid he was going to take my dude, Cam Akers. And I know people get tired of me talking about him. I understand they've been burned on him. And that's why I think he's lower in ECR. He's RB22 in ECR. And this might come as a shock to people. I have him as RB12 in my rankings. And yes, I understand if you're rolling your eyes as you're watching this video or listening to the podcast. But if you look at last season, 
when Sean McVay finally came to his senses and gave Cam Akers the ball, he was fantastic. In weeks 13 through 18, he was the RB6 in fantasy points per game. So while it might sound spicy that I have him as an RB1, it's not if you look at his production from last year, as well as if we zoom out. So weeks 10 through 18, he was 21st in yards after contact per attempt, 7th in PFF elusive rating. And we're talking he did all of this inside of a broken offense. With Matthew Stafford back, this offense is going to be better because they've got nowhere to go but up. They were 23rd in EPA per play over that sample that I just discussed. They're going to score more points. And people are like, well, they're going to pass the ball a ton. Okay, they can pass. That's not going to take away the volume from Cam Akers. I don't need them, and you don't need them, to be a top 10 rushing rate team for Cam Akers to smash this year. We're talking about an improved offense and more scoring opportunities. People need to be buying into Cam Akers, and I get it. Like, he's burned people in the past, but that recency bias every single year is how we mine awesome values in fantasy but but fits can we blame anybody i know you like acres too can we blame anybody who is just like i can't pull the trigger on this guy i totally get it i was high on acres last year and uh you know expecting big things and then we get to that thursday night opener and uh you know he's totally parked on the bench while Daryl Henderson is uh, balling out. So, yeah, I get it. And then he had that brief estrangement from the team at midseason. But uh, towards the end of it, he was just terrific down the stretch. And not a lot of competition, like Kyron Williams, just kind of a, a slow third down back. <laughs> um, like everyone thinks Zach Evans is going to be some sort of existential threat to Cam Akers. I mean, this is a guy who just had his job stolen by a freshman at uh, Ole Miss last year. So, and and who doesn't really catch passes either. So um, like, I'm not buying that. Like I do think this is, this is acres gig and he could potentially play a workhorse role. And uh, you know, I love the skill set. I've got him running back 14. So I'm, I'm not quite as high as Debro, but really close. Feel the same way. It's beautiful. Fitz, I want to ask you about your first running back listed here. It's a guy who's in tier one in ECR, and yet you've got him still undervalued. Yeah, I mean, uh, like the ECR is running back four for Jonathan Taylor, and I've got him as my running back one. And I like I do understand a little bit of the trepidation because like maybe Anthony Richardson is not the best thing for him. Anthony Richardson could poach some goal line touchdowns. And we know that mobile quarterbacks tend not to dump off a lot of passes uh, to the backs. So also we've got Taylor coming off a disappointing season where he missed six games, scored only four touchdowns, but there were some mitigating circumstances. The Colts offensive line fell off. Uh, Matt Ryan just totally hit the wall. The quarterbacking for the Colts was terrible all year. I mean, let's not forget that this dude scored 32 touchdowns in his first 32 games. Uh, in his first two years in Indianapolis and led the league in rushing in 2021 with over 1,800 yards, averaged 127.7 yards from scrimmage per game that year. Even last year, Taylor averaged 91.3 scrimmage yards per game, which, you know, had he not missed time, still would have had him probably in in running back, I don't know, mid-range running back one territory. This dude's big, fast, powerful, And like, he's got all the ingredients you want from a special back, like vision, patience, nifty footwork. And by the way, like, I don't know that Anthony Richardson is necessarily 
going to be a hindrance to Taylor. I think he could help him because we know what mobile quarterbacks do as far as running back efficiency. Like when you are a linebacker facing a mobile quarterback, you have to make sure that guy hands the ball off before you just start sprinting at the running back. So uh, that's going to buy extra time for Taylor and, and maybe open up some holes that weren't there last year when Matt Ryan was the quarterback. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Like, I think this could be a big season for Jonathan Taylor. You, you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of like, there's sort of two sides to the mobile quarterback coin, right? There's the, will kind of vulture you at the goal line and not, you know, historically not dump off passes to you, but also like those running lanes are going to be really, really uh, a thing of beauty for Taylor this year. So, so Pat, you said he's RB one for you. If you're, if you have the one one in your redraft league, are you taking him first overall or are you still taking like a Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking receivers like first few picks. I mean, he is my running back one, but I do not advise taking him with the top three pick probably. Debra, what do you think on Taylor real quick, just in terms of where you're drafting him in round one? Uh, I'll take him at the back end of, the, of round one, top of, of round two. Like I, I'm below consensus um, probably on Taylor. Like I've got him at RB7. And this is not me shading Jonathan Taylor, but my concerns come down to the receiving what we just talked about. I, I look at what Shane Steichen has done with his backfields. I think that we are going to see another back, whether you want to talk about Deion Jackson or Evan Hull taking some of the pass game routes. And while I don't think Anthony Richardson dumps off a lot, I am worried about some of the decreased touchdown equity. Like, can Taylor get 10 rushing touchdowns? Probably. Can he get 12, 15 or higher than that? that's where I have a little more trepidation. So I've got him at tier two, but the guys that I have above him all have pass catching props. Like I've got Pollard, Eckler, I even got Mondre, I got Bijan, and I got CMC above Taylor. And that's it. So it's not that I hate Jonathan Taylor. It's just I do have some questions about, not about him being an RB1, but what gives him the top three type of ceiling. All right, Debo, talk to me about Damian Pierce. I think the guy is being undervalued. I think that people are looking at this Houston Texans offense and they automatically say, oh, dear Lord, that stinks. I want nothing to do with that. And look, I, I'm not telling you that I've got Damian Pierce as an RB1 or anything like that. I am higher than consensus. I think that you can make a really good case for him to be a high end RB2. And if everything comes together, could he be an RB1 this year? I think it's possible. So I've got him at RB15. ECR is lagging. He's a low end RB2. And in some drafts, like right now in the Fantasy Pros Championship, he's falling to the seventh round. Like, that is insanity to, for, to me. Like, Damian Pierce last year was the RB16 in expected fantasy points per game. Do we think that this offense with C.J. Stroud, different receivers, is going to be worse than it was last year? Like, captained by Davis Mills? No. So... Am I worried about Devin Singletary? No, we're hearing buzz out of OTAs and stuff about where Damian Pierce has improved as a pass protector. He was fantastic at that in college and a better receiving threat than we have seen at this point of his career in the NFL. So I think not only is he elusive, he can break tackles. He was top 10 in yards up to contact per attempt, but there's also a ceiling to be had in him taking another step in the receiving game. And this is going to be a run first offense. All these guys coming over for San Francisco. What do we think? They're going to air it out at a top 10 rate with CJ Stroud. 
No, they're not going to do that. They're going to lean on Damian Pierce. I think he's going to crush this year. Yeah, everybody gets worried about like the day three running back. Oh, they're going to get replaced when somebody drafts a guy in round two. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Michael Carter situation when they took Brees Hall. That didn't happen. I mean, they they did add Devin Singletary, but that is not the same as like going out and drafting Bijan or something like that. And and we we've talked before, Debro. I adore CJ Stroud in in a way that I know you do too. Mm -hmm. So I just I I think there's a path to he only had four rushing touchdowns last year. I'm not gonna go out and predict that Damian Pierce gets double digits. I think there's a path though. I think this offense is better. I think he's the guy that they're gonna go with. And and I think that uh, there's, there's, there's a path to a really high ceiling here. Fitz, what's your take on Pierce? Yeah, I've got him as a mid-range RB2, uh, running back 18. And I feel like it's kind of strange that he got all that hype last August after the exciting preseason, pretty much lived up to the hype, uh, then got shut down. And like, there's, there's just not that much enthusiasm this year. Like the, the market is kind of weird on him and I, I don't quite get it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty enthusiastic about him. It's who's your next running back. It's Rashad Penny. And I, I get it. People Ooh. have been burned before because he gets dinged a lot. But man, uh, whenever he's been healthy throughout his career, he's been really good. Like yards per carry isn't a great stat, but 5.7 for his career. That suggests that he is uh, pretty decent. And look, the health thing is a big if, obviously. But um, now he's going to a team that loves to run the ball. Uh, a team that has arguably the best offensive line in the league, a team that's going to have a lot of run-friendly game scripts, and you know, a team that has, as as we just talked about with Anthony Richardson and that mobile quarterback thing, a really mobile quarterback who's going to uh, boost the efficiency a little bit. So, I mean, I've heard more than one Eagles beat writer say that they think Rashad Penny is going to be the primary early down back for the Eagles. And, uh, you know, and a team that's going to score a lot of touchdowns and run the ball a lot, that could potentially be really lucrative. So ECR is running back 34. I've only got him a little higher at running back 31. And at that point, like, I don't think the risk, uh, like the injury proneness is sort of baked into the price at that point. And I think the upside, if he can somehow stay healthy, is significantly higher than running back 34. Yeah, obviously there's no, like, everybody is aware of the health issues, and you're right. I think that is baked into the price. Do you, you're not at all concerned about, there's just so many mouths to feed in that offense. Even if it is a very prolific, high-scoring offense, there will be opportunities, but there's just so many mouths to feed. It's true. I mean, it's going to be a committee. We know that. Like, DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell are going to be involved, too. But, um, like, we also saw kind of a committee last year, and Miles Sanders still had a really good year. So I think Penny could possibly be in for that same sort of setup before we continue with our most undervalued players are you ready to win your dynasty league boost your chances with the awesome tools found in the fantasy pros dynasty draft kit head to fantasypros.com dynasty for free access to a wealth of knowledge including dynasty startup and rookie rankings carefully curated trade targets and comprehensive rookie analysis going premium adds even more firepower with exclusive strategy articles and an invite to our discord community where direct interaction with analysts via AM maze and stages awaits the path to dynasty domination begins at fantasypros.com slash dynasty start your journey towards a championship dynasty today there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum and how you get the most out of select can't miss events 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. You'll know when you get it. It'll say eBay, authenticity, guarantee. You'll feel it because when it comes to your feet, eBay has your back. Maybe it's a head-turning pair for hooping or a hot new collab. Whatever you're after, when you cop on eBay, you can trust that your kicks will be checked by experts, not just any expert, sneaker experts who live and breathe the culture. Real people with real hands-on authentication experience. That's when Blue Checkmark represents on our listing eBay authenticity guarantee, meaning every inch, stitch, sole, logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. So when you finally step into those grill kicks, you'll realize the feeling is unlike any other. And with eBay authenticity guarantee, the feeling of real is always within reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit eBay.com for terms. Let's get to the wide receivers, guys. Debro. Keenan Allen, first name I got to mention here. He is ECR wide receiver 17. I've got him as a top 10 guy. He is my wide receiver nine. And I don't think that's spicy at all. ECR says it is, but I don't think it is at all. It's, it's maybe a Weeks, little spicy. I don't think it is. Weeks 12 through 18 last year when he was healthy and he was back, he was the wide receiver three in fantasy points per game. Unless we're projecting that he is going to miss time he is going to be hurt and right now as we sit here i'm not baking that in to keenan allen on a player that like basically in each of his five previous seasons he's played 13 or more games now we're talking about this offensive system is getting an infusion of life with kellen moore there they're going to be top 10 in pace top 10 in passing rate justin herbert has been second over the last two seasons back to back and passing yards. How do we not think that Keenan Allen, outside of him getting hurt, that he doesn't smash this year? They are going to run more plays, and they are also going to throw the ball down the field more. Keenan Allen is being slept on. People are just, it's because he's older. It's because he's not a 25-year-old, 26-year-old wide receiver, and people are saying he's too old. He was hurt last year. That's fine. I'm just going to go the other way. Because I think the talent is still there. He was still 22nd in PFF receiving grade versus man coverage last year. He can win on the outside. He can win in the slot. People need to be drafting Keenan Allen. Another guy who plays in an offense that might have a lot of mouths to feed. Obviously, they added Quentin Johnson. But to your point, he's not really playing the same role as a guy like Quentin Johnson Mm -hmm. will be this season. Right, D-Bro? No, he's not. The high volume role is going to be Keenan Allen. 
He, I mean, we saw this last year. We've seen it every year of his career. Quinn Johnson, I love the talent, and I, I'm I have really, really gravitated to him after the NFL draft. But there is no way that Keenan Allen does not lead this team in targets, and he doesn't get close to 100 receptions this year if he's healthy. Pat, when it came to the running backs, you graciously allowed Debra to get Cam Akers, but you did stake your claim on Drake London. I did. Oh. And, uh, you know, so as a rookie, London had a 29.4% target share and a 32.4 target rate, meaning he was targeted on 32.4% of his pass routes. He averaged 2.07 yards per route run. So really, really impressive numbers for a rookie. And I, I do realize that London's target share spiked after Kyle Pitts got hurt. But, um, you know, like even if Pitts is there, that's kind of it in the passing game for Atlanta, London and Pitts. Um, not a lot else there. And boy, if London was on a team with an average quarterback and something close to an average run pass ratio. He would absolutely be a wide receiver one for me, probably a top 10 guy. And so I've got him wide receiver 17. I think ECR is a little behind the curve at wide receiver 22. Um, I, like this kid is just too good. I can't put him any lower than wide receiver 17. And, and like, I'm not worried about him, uh, you know, getting sort of, uh, marginalized by Kyle Pitts. It's not going to happen. Both of those guys are going to have roles and we just have to pray for competent quarterbacking from Desmond Ritter. You don't think they, or at least you don't worry about them leaning even more heavily into the run with Bijan now and the fact that they didn't really address quarterback. It's almost impossible for them to be more run heavy than they were last year. Even with Bijan, like they just, their defense isn't good enough for that to happen. Like they are going to, there are going to be situations where they fall behind and, and have to throw or at least have a, a more balanced attack. Where, just really quickly, you know, Pat obviously is one of the hosts of our Dynasty show. Where would London be for you in terms of your Dynasty rankings at wide receiver? Oh, man, uh, I think he's top 10. Yeah, he is a cornerstone foundational piece. Debro, I know you love London. You have 12 seconds to, to gush about him. <laughs> all I'll say right here is I went back and I watched about four or five games last year of all 22. Drake London is open religiously religiously just give me league average i don't i'm not asking desmond mitter to be really good league average targets solid need and drake london is gonna crush all right that was more like 20 seconds but it's all right uh Devereux, give me your next wide receiver that's undervalued right now you open the door worm okay <laughs> that's your own fault man you knew it was coming so what i will say this i i I know in the best ball streets, he is getting more respect than what ECR is giving him. But ECR sitting at wide receiver 26 on Calvin Ridley makes no sense to me. I've got him as my wide receiver 13. And did we think that Calvin Ridley just forgot how to play wide receiver? He forgot how to be an elite wide receiver. Like for a guy that when he entered the league, everybody talked about, oh, he's so old and he's an older prospect. And now he missed some time and he's come back and he's not 30. He's freaking 28. Last time we saw him in an NFL field, yes, Matt Ryan was stinking it up, but Calvin Ridley wasn't. He was top five in route win rate and win rate against man coverage. Now we're talking about he's being airdropped into a Jacksonville Jaguars offense that after Trevor Lawrence went meteoric last year, they were top 12 in red zone passing rate and neutral script passing rate. 
This team is going to live and die by the pass. And Calvin Ridley is going to be their number one wide receiver. I like Christian Kirk. But that was just a situation of he was the best option out of that passing attack. Now that's going to be Calvin Ridley. So, I mean, look, I think that Calvin Ridley is honestly a discount version of Stefan Diggs. If he ends up with a similar stat line and you can get him two to three rounds later than you're going to pay up for Diggs, I will not be surprised at all. I love Ridley for this year. So you, you say, like, did he just forget how to be an elite wide receiver? We just saw a guy miss a significant period of time in Deshaun Watson. Plays a different position. But he missed a significant period of time for non-injury reasons. And he came back and looked quite bad once he was on the field again. Now, I think there's a case to be made that he will look better this year because he had a chance to shake off the rust. Are you worried that for this year specifically, we're going to see for maybe even half the year, Calvin Ridley just kind of getting back into the flow and shaking off that rust? Because I agree with you. Every other like mark is in his favor. There's really no case against Ridley outside of rust. Yeah, and no, I, I think it's it's a very different conversation when you're talking about different offensive schemes and you're talking about quarterback play and, and designing an offense around the quarterback and stuff and building rapport with pass catchers. That's another thing that like it, we, we can't quantify that with numbers, but Deshaun Watson not having consistent practices, weeks and weeks of reps to know that him and his receivers are on the same page and stuff it is a totally different conversation than saying, Calvin Ridley, do what you do, go on the outside and get open. I don't think that he, look, if we want to talk about previous cases, and I understand there's an age gap here, didn't we just play this same freaking game with Jamar Chase? Oh, he, he's got rust and he forgot how to play wide receiver really good. And then he came into the league and it set it on fire in his rookie season after missing a year of football. Even though he didn't know how to catch NFL footballs. Oh, I, I know. It's crazy. He didn't know how to catch those things with stripes and, and the pigskin anymore. <laughs> uh, so, Fitz, your last wide receiver that you picked was uh, arguably Debro's muse. And now you're going to pick Erickson's muse. Yeah, well, Erickson and Debro, to be fair. Cortland Sutton, yeah. who is, uh, you know, ECR wide receiver 40. And, uh, you know, I've got him wide receiver 33. And I guess I'm, as they would say in pro wrestling, I'm making a face turn here. Because I was down on on Cortland Sutton last year, I thought the the hype was a little bit too much, and I I told Erickson and Debro that, and it was mainly mm-hmm. that I I just wasn't convinced last year that Cortland Sutton was the best wide receiver in Denver, and I mean now people seem pretty convinced that it's Jerry Judy. I mean I think Judy and Sutton are both good. Um, it, like this guy's had an eleven hundred yard season. Uh, Sutton had 829 yards in 15 games last year. So he wasn't that far off a thousand yard pace, but he only had two touchdowns. And we know that Russell Wilson really fell off last year. So I, I do have some hesitation on predicting a bounce back for Russell Wilson because I don't think he has the mobility he once did. And I think that's kind of Russell Wilson's secret sauce. But if anyone is going to coax a comeback season out of him, it's Sean Payton. So there is some optimism there. And I know I just think this is kind of a backlash ranking for for Sutton. I don't think he should be down at wide receiver 40. I think he's a, a wide receiver three. And so, you know, like I if he's sitting there for me and in, in close to the double digit rounds, he's going to be an easy pick. The the question I would ask you here is sort of similar to like we talked about with the Eagles and Chargers, another offense with a lot of mouths to feed. Of course, they added Marvin Mims. It's year two for Dulcich. Tim Patrick coming back healthy. A lot of people are expecting Jerry Judy to take another step forward. 
but it's a lot of mouths to feed in an offense that we aren't expecting to be as prolific as those other two we already talked about in that same vein. So does that worry you in that you, we don't really know where he's going to be in the pecking order and it's not an offense that it's an offense. We have to really sort of paint a picture of it being good rather than having seen it last year. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There are some other uh, contributors to that passing game, but like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of fading the idea of a significant rookie or impact from Marvin Mims. And uh, you know, I don't know what Tim Patrick's going to do. The guy was an overachiever, Give him credit for that, but I don't know if he comes back and has an 800-yard season either. So I I think it's still mostly going to be the Judy and Sutton show in Denver, and you just kind of hope that Russell Wilson uh, gets back close to what he had been in his peak years in Seattle. I did hear from somebody who covers the team last year prior to the injury that Tim Patrick was by far Russell Wilson's favorite target for whatever that's worth. Things happen over the summer, and you never really know how it's going to pan out in the fall. But just something to note. Uh, let's move to the tight ends here. We'll just do one from each of you. Debro, who is your most undervalued tight end right now in fantasy? I, well, I, I get people are leaving him for dead. I'm not going to do that with Irv Smith. Um, and this is not me so much betting on the talent of Irv Smith. This comes down to I'm betting on the offensive system. I'm betting on the offensive environment for Cincinnati. I think Irv Smith, and I don't think anybody's disputing this. I think Irv Smith is going to be their full-time tight end. He's going to run all the routes. He's going to be Hayden Hurst of last year. But what I think we're missing here, and ECR is missing this because I've got him at tight end 14. ECR is down at tight end 22. You can get him extremely late in best ball draft. So if you're over there on DraftKings, please be gobbling him up because what we saw at a Hayden Hurst, who again was not fantastic last year in this offense before Hayden Hurst missed time with a calf strain in week 13 weeks one through 12. So we're talking about a 12 game sample here. People, he was tight end 12 in fantasy points per game. He was fifth in routes per game. This is a volume play. This is an offense buying into the cheapest part of offenses. And if we say Cincinnati is still going to be a really damn good offense, which they are, Irv Smith is going to be running all the routes. All I'm making a bet on is can he be just as good as Hayden Hurst or better? That's not a crazy bet to make, people. Fitz, Debra has Ersmith up at 18. You've got him down at 28th. Joe, Joey P's got him down at 31st, so you're not even the lowest, Fitz. But but why are you so much lower than Debro is on Irv? So I have to tidy up my tight end rankings a bit. I, I just, uh, as Debro was talking, I moved him up to tight end 26. Might even go a little higher on him. I, I do like his situation. Just have to see that he can stay healthy. And, uh, you know, I do wonder if his targets are maybe a little bit capped playing with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Fitz, wrap us up with your tight end that's undervalued right now. Yeah, it's Jelani Woods. And, uh, you know, he's uh, ECR 28. I've got him at tight end 22. And this dude is a six foot seven, 265-pound monster. Uh, And he had some pretty impressive flashes as a rookie, including um, a two-touchdown game against the Chiefs early in the season and an eight catch 98 yard game against the Steelers a little bit later on student has 4.6 speed to go along with all that size and a uh, 98th percentile catch radius. Look, and we know it's probably not always going to be pretty with Anthony Richardson as a passer in year one, but we also know that young quarterbacks often tend to lean on their tight ends pretty heavily. And if Jelani Woods can, uh, you know, cement his role as the tight end one, for the Colts, uh, I think he could give us like a sneaky, maybe mid-range to high-end 
tight end two season. Debro, quickly again, you are actually by far our highest person yep. internally on Woods this year. You have him up at 16th. Why are you so high on him? Because it, the, the talent is massive. If he gets the targets and he gets the full-time role, this is not Frank Reich of yesteryear. Like, Shane, Shane Steichen and Jim Bob Cooter have relied on one guy, and I'm just going to read off this list real fast, guys. The tight end leaders in yards per route run against man coverage, and see if you notice a trend here. First, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Gerald Everett, Travis Kelsey. Need I go on? Jordan Akins, Dallas Goddard, David Njoku, Evan Ingram. Pretty good guys. Jelani Woods, ninth overall. If he gets the time and he gets the routes, yeah, he's going to be awesome this year. He's Derek Brown, and also he is Pat Fitzmorris. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. That'll do it for today. Please make sure to check out the DraftKings Best Ball Tournament and also our Dynasty Draft Kit here at Fantasy Pros. For the guys, I am Ryan Warmly. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen and with resi priority notify and global dining access through my amex platinum card right this way it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.